This episode is sponsored by Realtor.com, who wants you to take advantage of your free profile on Realtor.com. By claiming and completing your free profile, adding a photo, and all of the information that puts you head and shoulders above the competition, you're on your way to receiving free leads, helping search engines find you, and staying top of mind with past clients. To learn more about claiming your free profile, go to realtor.com forward slash profile. Welcome to the Real View podcast, where Ohio realtors connect you to innovators and influencers, keeping you with the real view of real estate. Whether you're a broker, agent, first time home buyer, industry leader, or just happen to stumble upon our podcast today, you can expect to hear tips, tools, tricks, interesting information, and so much more from the experts in Ohio's real estate game. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Real View Podcast. I am your host, Allison. Joining me today is our special guest, Christy Gessler. She is the broker owner of the Freedom 512 Real Estate Group, a fellow podcast host of The Dependent Agent, as well as just a mental health, self-care, how-to-feel-good advocate. Really excited to be having her on the show today because we are going to dive into something that's so important which is our self-care, how we take care of ourselves as realtors, and how we make sure we are showing up as the best version of ourselves every day. So Christy, welcome on to the show. Thank you. It's so good to be here, and it's so good to get a chance to talk about mental fitness and just keep having the conversation. I know some people are like, wah, 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 but I always feel better after I talk about some of this stuff. So I like getting it out there or at least listening to it so I can get it out somewhere. It's something, you know, that deserves to be talked about, you know, on a frequent basis. Um, It deserves to have an episode on the podcast. It deserves to be something that we all think about, you know, in our in our day to day lives. It it just really is so important. So before we dive in on, on this topic today, I have to ask our signature question that we ask all of the guests who join us on the Real View podcast. And I'm really excited to hear your answer because I know you're quite the avid traveler. So I'm, oh, wondering, I'm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering, you know, how you're going to answer this. I'm excited to hear. But since the name of the show is called The Real View, I would like to know what is the best view that you've ever seen? I loved getting this question, Allison. When I saw that, I thought, okay, yeah. This is definitely a question in my wheelhouse because I will tell you what it is for me. It is the open road with the Texas sky. And I'll tell you why. So I am, I've been very fortunate to have traveled a lot of places around the world, but through the dependent agent, through my addiction recovery, and just through growing in life, I realized that that front, the windshield of a car is a lot bigger than the rear view mirror. And so my greatest view is what's ever in the windshield. And so I am an avid RVer now. My husband and I have bought an RV. So we are in the RV lifestyle. And so hit out on the open road. And uh, for those of you who have been to Texas or from Texas, you know the sky. It just beckons you open. It gives you opportunity. It makes you feel free that you can breathe. And that's my best view. When I feel like I have options, that I have room to breathe, that's my best view for sure. Oh, I love that. And that can just mean so much, you know, so many different things. And I love that, you know, you brought up just the the freeing feeling of driving in a car with nothing but open road in front of you. There is something so freeing it's about It's all out there. Which way are you going to go? You got all these choices. You can go all different directions and you can be in all sorts of different vehicles. But 
what's ahead of you is what matters. So, yeah. And I love that, that the the windshield in the front is bigger than the rear view mirror. Also a very cool analogy, something to keep in mind. Yeah, you got to keep that stuff in perspective, right? Sometimes you do need to look back and make sure that things are kind of what you think they are. But that's just a small little snippet of the rest of the story. So I love that. Very cool answer. I love when I get like new and different answers. You know, it's very, very cool. Oh, cool. Well, that's one of my favorites. And it's true. It is true. It's the open road. I'm one of those crazy people that I learned long ago. Maybe that's loving real estate and graduating with a degree from geography from the University of Texas, Buckham Horns. I love the open road and I love the commute. Honestly, I realized when I was in a stressful work environment, if I had a very short commute, I was a really ugly person. So that wide openness and a little bit of that road and that first breath, when you accelerate, feels good. Feels real, feels real good. good. So. Yeah. So calming too, especially after a stressful day. Yeah. Um, okay. So I want to hear a little bit more about you. Um, you've had quite the interesting journey, career trajectory. I know it's been very interesting. So I would love to hear a little bit more about you, your career path, your journey, and how you got to where you are today as a realtor, as a broker. Um, tell us more a little bit about that journey, what that's looked like. I love it. Okay. So real estate is not actually my very first career. My very first career was in law enforcement. Coming out of the University of Texas, I worked for the Travis County Sheriff's Department. I was actually the first female park ranger that they deputized in the county. And so I uh, wore that hat for a little while. But then after having children and, and kind of wondering, what should I do with the rest of my life kind of thing? Real estate. Real estate was perfect, right? I know I'm one of those, right? But that was 18 years ago. So I've been through a lot. I will say that my journey to where I sit with you here today actually started on November 8th of 2017. And that date matters to me. And the number eight really matters to me in a lot of different ways. But that was actually the day that I went to rehab. And what led up to that was owning one of the biggest and most productive real estate companies here in the Austin, Texas market. I was a major brokerage owner of one of the market centers here, flying high in, in real estate and really loving and then not loving the competition that comes with that, the competition within the ranks. But I was building it. I started in sales you know, for several years at the beginning, transitioned into management, and then went to full-time non-competing broker status management. So I wasn't relying on my sales anymore for my income. I was putting all my eggs in that basket. Now, now with the price of eggs, we know how valuable that No kidding, be. right? Whoa. Yeah, right. <laughs> But I did. So there was this drive to have these numbers and to recruit and to get profitability up into the stratosphere and, and all of this stuff. And then all of a sudden, there was a lot of facts versus fiction. And then there was some false culture that went along with that. And I'm a Scorpio and I'm a very driven, but very rational minded person. And it, it didn't always add up. So that appearance to keep up that success and that we're just out here just kicking ass every chance we get and nothing is bad was starting to wear on me because the inward pressure that not only was put on me by myself, but by my management and by my agents and by my owners that were trying to get more profit, right? I mean, it is what it is. I was losing sense of what success should feel like or look like for me. I felt like, and I was letting that outlet then take place through alcohol. I was getting my kicks at all the great realtor functions, by the way, aren't we great? 
about having some really boozy events for us. Uh, That's <laughs> for what us I was just going to say. To show up to, yeah, which kind of leads me, you know, to like my leadership journey then. So I, I knew that I wanted to be more in this profession. Like, I love it. Like, I, honest to God, I love the legislature stuff. I love the contract stuff. I've worked with Texas Realtors in public policy and I can't get enough. But those that service journey led some pitfalls along the way because of how boozy our events are. So this was one thing that I talked to Lee Brown about once. A couple of years back, I was on her Crazy in Real Estate podcast, which is a fun one. And we were talking about the impact of the reputation and the impact of the safety of our boozy events and that maybe we need to think that through a little bit. One of my action items here at the end of our session is going to be to ask for some change in that area. Not because I'm a teetotaler. I party now better than I ever partied when I was drinking. And I, I'm the safe Uber ride. And I remember everybody's credit card when we're leaving the bar. I'm <laughs> the best that. friend. I'm the best friend to take out. I honestly am. And you know, people are like, oh, she doesn't drink. She must be boring. Oh, <laughs> it's the opposite. It's the complete opposite. It made me think about how we're, in leadership or in our service at associations, whether it was the local, state, NAR, what does that look like? There's liability there, there's reputation there, there's health there. My focus was, I know we have a kind of a less than savory reputation with some people, right? In terms of being a little bit boozy and less than desirable, you know, all the things, right? I don't like to give them too much light because I don't like to talk about them. But we have that reputation. And so I, I kind of like, okay, I can't really fix that myself, but I can put an emphasis on health. And I can say, you know what? I was hurting. I was struggling. I was internalizing every bit of stress that I could, whether it was my clients, whether it was the industry as a whole, kind of interest rates bounced around. I was like, holy shit, let's go get a drink. I mean, how many people are doing that now, right? But is that the best choice? I know I'm very talkative with my hands. We're podcasting. So I Me hope too. I'm not creating too it. much. No, I th- I'm the same way. And I like see myself too. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're using your hands too much. Put your hands away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Please forgive me if, I'm, if I've got any, you know, crazy noise, but I get excited about this because I want to talk about the health implications of that. We will naturally become stronger in our reputation and just generally as a service provider, if we're healthier, we're better people if we're well-rested, if we're laid off the booze maybe, or other things. So I am not just focused on alcohol, even though that was my vice. That was my number one choice. Insert vice here. It's okay. And that's the other thing too I want to say. I learned through my journey, it's okay not to be okay. When I was in my previous role, I'm a small boutique owner now. I have a small brokerage. I have 14 agents. We love each other. We get along great. Very low drama. I'm incredibly blessed. I'm incredibly blessed to have my little team. But I needed to stop internalizing all of that other stress that came along with it. And it was just draining me so I wasn't performing well. And that was really the thing. I, I acted like everything was great, but I really wasn't really wasn't performing that well. So that's that's where my windshield opened up that November 8th. 2017, I had two friends that took me to rehab one day and they said, let's go to the hospital. And then I was inputted into an inpatient program for a short time and then outpatient for six months after that. And of course, you're never done with recovery. I've passed my five-year mark now. So I have been completely sober for more than five years and counting. Amazing. So I'm pretty pumped about that. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. But I'll tell you, being in rehab gives you a very interesting new perspective on life. And everyone asked me like, what was that like? And I said, well, you know, honestly, I had a group of friends in there. Have you seen the movie, The Breakfast Club from back in the day? That was us. 
I was Molly Ringwald and the rest of the characters were there. We were spot on every person you could line up. I felt like I was living in a movie, but I learned something from every person there. And I'll never forget all of their first names. We're never allowed to know each other's last names, but I know most of them aren't alive today. One of the boys that was in there with me was in there for his eighth go round. So there was a lot of that heaviness. And I thought, oh, come on, I'm just a dysfunctional realtor out there who needs to get her shit together. Okay, that's really what this is, right? Well, but I had the makings of going down the same dark road. I had a couple friends that jumped in and said, you're not okay, can we help? So my first thing out there to the, to the listening crowd today, if you see that friend, don't be afraid to offer help. Don't be afraid to offer a ride. Don't be afraid to offer an ear. But the ride is what got me to the hospital. So I say that in a way where some people are like, oh, I wouldn't want to get involved. Get involved. It's worth it. It's worth it to get involved. That's how the podcast was born. It was really born. The dependent agent was born right after that process in 2020, leaving rehab, opening a brokerage again, trying to kind of see where do I fit in here? There was my windshield. So there's my windshield. So now I have forks in the road. I have a whole map ahead of me. Which way? Which way am I going to take it? I started with about $40,000 that I invested into the podcast. So podcasting, as we know, is not cheap to do it well, <laughs> Correct. right? But I was committed to do it well. So whereas I don't add new topics to it, it's its body of work. That's my vision. And that's kind of where I landed with a dependent agent and how I got to want to do it. And then how I hope it kind of just keeps on that it's, it's okay, you know, not to be okay. It's also okay to say something, but a little bit of that reflective look is, is important. And I'll share a couple more tips about that in a minute. I, I've talked a lot now. No, I, don't know I have, have other, like, uh, so many questions, you know, so many questions. This is so interesting to just, yeah, go for it. Yeah. yeah go to for just it. hear your journey and hear about what got you to where you are today. I always love, I think it's fascinating hearing people's journeys and, and how fascinating what you've been able to do and personal growth, you know, business growth. I think it's been incredible. This episode of The Real View is brought to you by the Ohio Association of Community Colleges. Ohio's network of community colleges provides accessible training that accommodates the busy lifestyles of aspiring real estate professionals at half the price of a traditional university. With convenient locations in every part of the state, as well as online options, Ohio's community colleges are your smart choice for pre-licensing education. For more details or to start the journey to a real estate career, Visit the education page at ohiorealtors.org and then click on the pre-licensed course locations. Going through your experience with addiction and going to rehab, and was that really the catalyst that made you so passionate kind of about this mental health and self-care? And you mentioned like we all have our vices, you know, alcohol. I know sports betting just became legal here in Ohio at the first of the year. And I see many That's people- yeah. And I'm already like, oh my gosh, I see many people who I'm already like, this is heading down a crazy path. Was that kind of really the catalyst for that mental health? And what advice would you give to, to our realtors on how to check in, you know, with their mental health? If maybe we're going through the motions, we're going, we're saying, let's have a drink because the market sucked today. Or, you know, what would you say that that looks like to check in with that mental health and to know how you're using your mental health in a day-to-day -day basis? What vices you're using to lower that, that, you know, like what, what's your advice for that? Yeah, it's a great, great question. So there's, there's 
a lot of layers, I think, to that question. The first layer is getting to the point of wanting to talk about it came about because I saw other peers, other people that I genuinely loved. We're a realtor family. We really are. Who steps up more in times of crisis than the realtors? We we are there first, right? But we weren't there enough for each other, I thought. And that was what was eye-opening to me. I thought, well, wait a second. You know, we're not, I mean, I know families are dysfunctional. Let's be real. Mine is probably the number one family dysfunctional situation, right? In the end of the day, are we really helping and looking at each other with loving and kindness in our eyes rather than just competition? So I think that's my first ask is, Look at your peers a little bit differently. Look at each other with a little bit more love and kindness. I have one thought that I want to plant a seed on that topic. At a local board, at a state association, even in a brokerage, we have like a legal hotline in some of our marketplaces where you can call and get help, right? If you're in a legal hotline situation, you know, you can call a real estate professional here in Texas. Our Texas Realtors Association has a spot on legal department that helps. Okay. But what organization out there has a counseling hotline that a member is given? When a member joins, you should get your license number from the state. You should get the regulatory phone numbers you need for help, your MLS, your association. You get the legal hotline. You should also get a counseling hotline phone number. Because I argue many times, if the counseling hotline number is called first, the legal hotline is never needed. And I think that might be a way to look at this in terms of cost savings, but we're coming at it with love. We want to take care of each other first. And it can be in a momentary crisis where I'm going to literally jump through the phone and take out my client all the way to I'm sitting on a bridge. I'm ready to take myself out. It should be all encompassing. We should be welcoming types of dysfunction and all types of needs of help. 988 is currently available in most areas. It's kind of the new 911 for mental health crises. It's not available everywhere, though, I don't think. But I do say look into those numbers and provide them to your membership. Let them know what local resources exist. We're a proud group. We're a prideful group. We don't like to admit we have a weakness, especially to our peers or to people that maybe are competing against us. But Every person that I know in real estate is really not my competition. They really are trying to make me better by doing what they do. And if I accept the challenge and become better, good, right? But if I don't, good for them. Go do you and I'll need to be happy doing me. Because here's one thing I really want everyone to to know. At this point in my life, when I was able to find clarity post-addiction, I have happiness in my pursuit. I think our founding fathers came real close. They didn't quite get it when they said we're in the pursuit of happiness. Okay, you bet. But I want to be happy on my pursuit. So when I talk about the windshield, when I talk about what's in front of me, that's the pursuit. I love rolling down the road, but I want to know that I've got a family of people that are rolling with me, that we can be competitive in business and we can negotiate like dogs against each other, right? I mean, we can just duke it out in a contract. But when we come together, let's go have a cup of coffee or a lemonade and hug on each other for a minute and talk it out that way. I know I'm Pollyanna kind of in thinking that that could be true in some markets, but gosh, I'm willing to try. So I'm willing to say, hey, can we give it a shot? We owe it to each other, if nothing else, because we all feel the same stresses. We're all in this together, you know? We're all experiencing the same. That's right. Yeah. I'm not special. And I'm not special that I got through it either. I got through it with a lot of help. And I still do. 
to this day need a lot of help. So it's, it's important, but I think we're all worth it. That's what I want everyone to remember. We invest a lot in our clients. Man, we're the most giving bunch. I'm an RPAC Hall of Fame investor. I'm in it. I give it. I want to be there for the greater good. But our greater good is our 1.6 now million realtor members. That's us. That's us that needs, you know, who we are should be also holding up a mirror and making sure we're taking care of each other exactly. and ourselves. Yeah, then we will. Yeah. Yeah. hundred, a hundred percent. No, it's, it's, if we're not taking care of ourselves, then it's almost like, how can we even do anything else? You know, if we are, I know one of our clients are upset. Yeah. 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 So what are some healthy ways that we can handle stress? You know, we talk about stress is always going to be there, right? But it's how we deal with it and how we can get rid of it or, or give it attention without it being in a negative way. What are some ways that we can handle stress in a healthy, positive way? You honestly enjoy yoga, but I'm not a gym rat and I'm not very good at running. And so I don't have a lot of that, but I used to be a tennis player, competitive tennis player growing up. I learned that that sport and that activity matters. But what I learned mattered more to me is finding it in community. So yoga, not by myself, but yoga in a class got me through a lot of really dark times. Now, COVID changed that up for us a little bit, right? We weren't allowed to go and be together and be close and, you know, do yoga within six feet of each other. Okay, well, that's changed. Newsflash, most yoga studios are open again. Or if it's not yoga, if it's cooking classes, if it's learning how to change oil and you can go to a class for that, if it's at a community center, if it's dancing lessons, find activities in community. That, I think, brings you a feeling of I'm not alone. I'm not by myself in any way. There's people out there that are just as weird as I am or just as wonderful as I am. And, and we're all there. One of my favorite songs of all time is Miranda Lambert's All Kinds of Kinds. We're all there, but everybody's got to be there or the world doesn't go around right, doesn't work right if we're not all there. So I think activity and community, if I could just say when we're working out or when we're finding that energetic release or when we're finding that hobby, even if it's not sporty, do it in community. Find a group of friends or a group of strangers or a group at a community college or at an association that you can do the activity together because that matters. That's old school, but that's when we used to go to the beauty shop and get our hair done together and stay there for two hours and talk. That's when that stuff went down, right? Well, we don't do that so much anymore, right? We all put our phones in. We all do this. I mean, it's different now, but we need to find those activities that we can do in communities. So I think that's my biggest recommendation to your question is. Yeah. And it's so, you're right. We are so individualized in society right now. You know, we're all on our phones and connecting on social media, but we do miss so much of just that in-person connection. Just if you're not a hugger, that's okay. You need physical energy. There's an energy, I believe, that every human emits. And we need that with each other. Kids, adults, everybody. And we are we are a little bit detached. I think so too. Yeah, so I love that. Great advice. Go, whatever your activity, your hobby is, do it around people next time, you know? Yeah. Find something you can do together. If you like to go for a hike, go where there's 200 people hiking. Yes. I don't know. You know what I mean? That yeah. kind of thing. I love that. What do you think is the best way to go about having more conversations around checking in with each other and mental health? Because it, it is still, you know, I think we've made a lot of progress 
in talking about it. And, and, you know, like you mentioned, knowing that it's okay to not be okay. I think that we have made a lot of good progress, especially coming, you know, out of the pandemic, but I still think it's not as normalized as it, as it should be. And it still might be a little taboo for some people. What advice would you give on ways to make that conversation more of the norm and, and more of a thing that our realtors, our agents, and just anyone listening can feel more comfortable doing? I love it because you know what? It's pretty darn simple. It's offer people an alternative at an event. Say you offer them a lemonade bar or an iced tea bar that comes with fruit juices or you know fruity accompaniments. You'll be shocked at how many people gravitate to that station first, not the bar. They go to that station first. They're intrigued and that starts an organic conversation. Thank you. I'm trying to be healthier. You gave me an alternative. You didn't give me soda and booze or just some club soda. Because typically when we're at a bar, what's our one choice? It's non-alcoholic club soda with lime. If I have another club soda with lime, I'll probably choke. Okay. I don't <laughs> like that anymore. I'm yeah. done with it. You know. <laughs> but if we at a realtor event or at a brokerage event or any, if we just offer this nice, safe, but beautiful, put it together beautifully, make it welcoming, drink station that involves lemonades and iced teas. And I'm a big fan of Arnold Palmer's and things along those lines, you know, but give me some lavender, give me some stuff to put in there that makes it kind of fun. You know, a stir stick that's actually a sugar cane. Okay. Neat stuff. It replaces the cost of the alcohol to a certain degree. And you'll be shocked at the people that gravitate there first, tell you thank you the most, And it starts the conversation of healthy living because maybe they're not trying to give up booze, but maybe they're trying to give up sugar. Or maybe they've got another health issue that their doctor said, you've got to cut back on the alcohol. They just need an outlet. You need to give them something else to go get that is not just club soda and lime. And then you start that conversation. It does make it a big deal about it. Nobody advertised it. It's just there. And everyone just walks into the room and there they see this tropical little things sitting off to the side, whatever. I don't care what you, you know, I'm an aesthetic person. I like to have things with the look associated with it, but you give them alternative and they love it. And then it starts the conversation. And then that becomes more okay and open to talk about, you know, when you're offering that and it just happens kind of naturally, which is, you know, I think important too, that it's coming naturally. Three quarters of the event is boozy and one quarter is a safety zone. You offer them a safety zone that doesn't make them feel like a third world citizen or or something down the line. And we got something. People will feel included and loved and they will come back. No, that's that's a great bit of advice. I'm going to go talk to our meetings girl after this. <laughs> See Just what she thought. thinks about I love that. It. Yeah. So I think you mentioned something earlier, too, that I think I want to talk about for a minute is just the pressure that's on us as realtors. You know, you mentioned feeling like, yes, I was successful, but like I didn't feel that. And there there was constant pressure on me that, yes, okay, you achieved this goal. So what's next? So what's next year's goal? So you're upping it by the 10 percent. Right. And, you know, it's just never, never enough. Yeah, never Never good enough. enough. Talk a little bit more about that and the pressure that we face and maybe how if we have agents listening that that are struggling with that or are under that pressure, you know, how we can kind of deal with that and, and how you kind of worked through that pressure and got to a point to where you're feeling a little bit better about it. I'm 51 years old and maybe something happens when you turn 50 and something kind of the light bulb clicks on. So the light bulb that kind of clicked on was that being happy on my pursuit. I had to kind of let go a little bit about other people's goals. Were they my goals? My goal might be just getting up today and taking a shower and 
but I was feeding into other people's goals. Now, not that it's not important to have a structure where everybody's building together and that we're cohesive, but when we don't have full buy-in and when you feel like you're just being used to achieve someone else's goals, for me, that just becomes too demoralizing. So I just decided to take a step back and go, I'm not defined by high numbers of transactions and high dollar amount. That wasn't for me as a salesperson. So what is your big why? We all talk about that, but never forget it. And here's the one thing I think it's important. It can change. It's okay if your why changes. Your why when you're 24 is not the same why when you're 54. It's certainly not the same why when you're 74. So I think if nothing else, learning about always remembering that you need to stay happy on your pursuit because you should always be on your why, not somebody else's why. And that's where if you're needing to make a change in a brokerage relationship, that's what should be fueling the change. Never what can somebody else do for me? Because that was what I talked a lot about in the podcast was people would say, Christy, I love you, but I'm leaving you for another company. To me, that says you don't see any value in me. Thanks. I love you, but. And every time anybody left the office, Bing, I got that. And so turn that knife, another little turn. I love you, but I love you, but. So when I figured out that I wasn't defined by their love anymore, that I was defined by my own love, (laughs) guess what? Then you can sail on down your happy way. If that's a different brokerage item or area, you need to go. So my 14 agents know exactly what they get with me. We like it. We like each other, but it is okay with me if their why doesn't fit in mine and vice versa. Maybe okay with that. That's the freeing of it. But we we want other people's whys to fit into ours for whatever reason. And that's when it becomes toxic, at least in my world, it did. If it's my why, and if I'm on with you and we are like-minded and we are just, oh, the best teams of all time getting together and creating wonderful things, then stick with it. Your path is yours. And don't lose sight of that. Keep your eye on that. And, you know, of course, yes, there's there's responsibilities and things we need to get done and all of that. But just having that internal peace and being able to go back to yourself, you know, in those crazy times and, and finding that peace, you know, within yourself, I think is so important when you're feeling that pressure too. checking in with yourself. Yeah. I asked myself every day, did I do the best job I could have done today? In what I was presented, did I do the best I could give. And if I didn't, then maybe I owe somebody an apology. Maybe I owe somebody some action items in the morning. I can say, hey, you know what? I kind of messed that up. Can I have another shot at that? I'm also okay with that. Admit my faults, say I'm wrong, offer help, admit it. Go, you know what? Can I do better next time? Can you give me one more crack? Nothing wrong with that either. Sometimes that's as much liberating for you as it is for them, by the way. It's so true. And just being, you know, and allowing yourself to make mistakes and knowing that it's okay. You know, there's so much pressure and just like, if you mess up, it's okay. We're not perfect. (laughs) Give somebody the grace to fix it for crying out loud. Give them the grace to have a moment to fix it because we probably can without getting real mad all the time. Yeah, it's so true. And that's how you build those genuine relationships, you know, that, as you mentioned, are so important. Finding that community, finding those people around you that you can check in with that can on them, they check in on you and just you, you hold each other accountable and make sure, you know, we're doing the best. As you said, we're bringing the best to the table that we can do every day. All I got that day. And if today really sucked, I didn't have my best or I know I don't have my best, then maybe I should stay home that day. That's okay, too. (laughs) Yes. Mental health holidays are good. Yes. They're not sick days for crying out loud. They can be mental health holidays and that's okay too. I agree with you. There's nothing sick about that. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. No, no, when you're not your best and it's okay to sit, sit one out if you need to. (laughs) Absolutely. In fact, everybody would be better for it. So it's probably not, it's probably the best choice many times. I think so too. I think so too. Well, 
Christy, this was so fantastic. I want to thank you again for, for you. coming on, for being so open and, and vulnerable. And I love it. I love the conversation. Yeah, it was really great to hear from you and everything that you've been through and, and sharing your life lessons and advice. And congratulations right. again on your sobriety achievements. Really, really amazing stuff thank there. You. And um, thank you for opening this conversation around something that's, you know, considered taboo or yeah, yeah. Well, let's do it. Let's change up our events a little bit. Let's offer somebody a little outlet. Let's think about counseling hotlines as well as legal hotlines and see if we can kind of start to put some of this goodness into action. Because I think we're on to something. I think this this good kindness and this it's okay not to be okay can spread, but we can we can shore ourselves up a little bit. Yep. Takes all of us working together on it. So into all of our listeners, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Real View. That wraps up today's episode. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at ohiorealtors.org slash The Real View and on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Have questions, comments, or suggestions? We want to hear from you. Email us at podcast at ohiorealtors.org. We'll see you next time.